Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. say it's about damn time we want it. It is about damn time we want it. Yes, Russell Tiber, it is about damn time. The Whitecaps, after years of heartbreak, years of somehow managing to find bizarre ways of losing, are finally Canadian champions. Voyager's Cup winners, champions, everything you want to say, it is, today is the day to celebrate. And what better way to celebrate than with episode 123 of There's Still Time the AFTN Podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And it's episode 123. And Steve, that game tonight, I think, was as easy as 1-2-3 for the Whitecaps. Controlled from very first kick. Kakuta Mane had the chance just over a minute in. And there was no looking back for the Whitecaps after that. Yeah, it, it seemed like it now looking back on it. But still, for me, uh, my typical queasy situation and I'm just like I want this game to be over I was counting on the minutes as it was going on even when I was I, I was loved when David Elstead went down and he just like you know killed all that time with his uh, injury or so you're not a good person to watch a game with um, not, not one of these games when it's a, when it's a when it's a regular season yeah, oh game yeah. it's fine right? not, I guess not any game like just when, when there's something on the line and yeah. it's tense you're not a good person to no, watch a game with because I'm just rocking back and forth yeah. in the chair <laughs> But I, I was confident going into this. I tweeted it out beforehand that victory was going to be ours. It was going to be easy peasy. I said 3-0, so I was wrong there. And folk are like, no, you're jinxing it. What are you saying? Why, why are you doing this? You've cost us the game now. People of Vancouver, have a bit of faith. Have yeah. a bit of faith in your team. This is not the Canucks. These are not the Canucks. These are the Whitecaps. Believe us at AFTN, <laughs> we are never wrong. <laughs> Or at least when we are, it's not very much. And we delete the audio tapes when we are wrong. And I delete tweets as well. No, but I, I, I seriously was never worried. I mean, no, I, I, I felt like today was the day to win, but yeah. there was still during the game. You still a, a stupid, you know, you know, like you said, they find ways to lose. Yes. So there, you, and, you just yeah. have that feeling. And it would have added to the whole mythos and folklore of this thing if they had somehow managed to lose to 10 men. Yeah. That would just have been a new way for them to lose. I love that the Whitecaps tweeted out at halftime that they checked the weather and there was no like bizarre electrical storms yeah, or something exactly. that, that was about to come. But when you saw the Montreal lineup, actually before you even saw the lineup, when you knew that Drogba wasn't travelling, although... And Piatti was obviously yeah, not travelling. I honestly don't think 
Drogba's as big a deal as everyone's making out at his age now. Yeah. But yeah, with Piatti missing as well, Montreal had nothing. No. And one thing which really pissed off Frank Klopas after, after the game was the fact that his two centre-backs picked up an early booking and then one of them got sent off. Before the half. Yeah, and it, it's like... But the, honestly... He kept going on about, do you want to talk about the first half hour or the last hour? Well, the, the last hour, Frank, because that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also said as well that... And you never heard this, Steve, because you, you hadn't come down at the time and most folk hadn't, actually. I, I walked into the, the press conference room whistling in a good mood and realised he was talking. It's like, ah, oh, I'll just, I'll just be quiet here. Yeah. Um, but he, he was going on about... It, it wasn't good for the fans. They would have been more entertained if it had been 11 v 11. No, Frank, with all respect, the fans were perfectly entertained and happy the way that they were. Maybe a few of the guys back home in France, sorry, Quebec, always get that muddled up. <laughs> But that was an actual genuine mistake. I didn't mean to say France. But, um, yeah, it's like, I was entertained. Don't know what was going on. Oh, I was totally entertained. Yeah. And from the first kick, like we said, Kikutamani had that chance. Kronberg got down, got the save. First of many big saves that he actually had tonight. And after that, you just got the feeling, yep, Caps are going to do this. Yeah. Then... Like the game died a little bit. Like the Caps, they had possession. Most of the game was played in the Montreal half. There were some half chances, basically yeah, nothing really serious. The, but the, but it did get chippy during yeah, that half. The, hour. the only tiny concern that I had was that the White Caps weren't creating those goal mouth opportunities. Yeah. I did feel they were coming. Um, and then the first big thing in the game was the sending off of Cabrera. Second booking, two bookings in the space of eight minutes. That's the kind of stuff that drives a, a manager nuts. But it, it was a foul. He, he hauled down Rivero. He was lucky that he that he didn't actually bring him down inside the box and give away a penalty as well. Yeah, which that was, was just outside really, the really box. Close. Very yeah. close. Yeah, I mean it was. And sending off deserved. And after that, there was no way back for Montreal. No, it was essentially over. The, obviously, that first goal. Um, Five was minutes from halftime. Took, took a while for it to come, but 40 it, minutes it came. And, and thanks to... I, I want to give a special shout-out to Martin Rennie for bringing Nigel Riococo over to MLS. Because if it wasn't for Nigel Riococo, we wouldn't have that first goal. You think it was his fault? I, it was a little bit of a it, back pass. It's uh, all blurred just there. Yeah, I was just so I excited. I, I, just I think he made a there. back pass that, that was oh. ill-conceived or whatever. And, they, and that led to... Eventually led to the goal. I, I can't remember. I, again, I, I, no, I do too. I think that's what happened, but I... I Let's I blame him in a way. It's yeah. like, yeah. Bike racks. He deserves it. But I, I'm giving the goal to Christian Teixeira. I know the record books <laughs> are going to give it to Octavio Rivero, and he's broken his slump from open play that we're going on about, and it was 14 games he hadn't scored. It might have been 15. I've lost count from now. Open, it was May, May out of fingers. It I was, was on my May. toes. It was May. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm giving that goal to Teixeira. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, officially, it is a Rivera's goal. And I asked him, I d- we didn't be able to get this on tape because uh, Octavio was walking away. But I asked him, was that the shortest you know, goal he'd ever scored from the line? And he goes, yes, it was. I but was... but he, said, he said he never saw uh, Simon, who was in the net, who had run into the net. And he wasn't sure how far away he was from him. So he wanted to make sure he didn't come back and like, knock it off the line or anything like that. So give it to him. You know, you got to make sure it's over the line. I, I give it to Rivero. Why not? The winning goal. Yeah, and I, I joked about this on Twitter, but I actually mean it, that that weight is off his shoulders now, and I really wouldn't be surprised if we see him going on a 10-game goal-scoring streak now. Yeah. Maybe 10 is exaggerating, but I, I, I think he will start to go on a goal-scoring streak. Or four or five streak. goals yeah. in 10 games or something. And it's like I've been saying all along. It's like, sure, he's off form, but the Caps are winning. Other guys are scoring. 
get him back in form at the key time of the season, yeah. you add another scoring element to the mix, and the White Caps. It's going to be White Caps v LA, winner take all. And Robbo said it in post game. He says, you know, he, he's not scoring, but he's doing a whole lot of other yeah. stuff that is opening up uh, room for other players to score. And it's no 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 coincidence that guys like Tichera and and um, and Manny are scoring goals from wide areas because. People have to watch out for Rivero. And today he got under the skin of those center backs yeah. and caused those yellow cards and eventually um, uh, sent somebody off. And don't forget all the, the free scoring center backs that we now have. And yeah. Tim Parker, the second goal today, basically, <laughs> basically put the, the game to bed, effectively yeah. killed it as a contest. It would have been nice to see the Caps add one or two more. Yeah. I would have really hoped for six. Six to two, yeah. I'd, I'd have settled for that. Seven would have been even nicer. I would Eight, have been, nine, I, ten. I, I'm okay with zero zero. I told you that too before. No, I, 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 d- I did not want us to win it on away goals. I wanted us. You wanted to definitive, win it. yeah. Yeah, yeah. What had, it's just a shame they got those two goals and it wasn't four 0 in aggregate because that yeah. would have just been fantastic. Yeah. But we, we mentioned Frank Klopas. I always think of a horse when I say his name. I like yeah. thinking clip clop. Um, so we mentioned Klopas. We mentioned Robo. Let's hear a little bit from both coaches now, and yeah. Two very, very contrasting reactions. Let's start with the more depressed guy, Frank Klopas, and then we'll finish with Carl Robinson. Uh, the, the whole game changed for me after the 30-minute mo- you know, When, when uh, the second yellow to Cabrera, uh, that changed the whole game. My two centre-backs got first yellows right away. Uh, it's amazing, especially when the linesman calls the, 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 the first. The ref is right there, doesn't even see it, but the linesman calls it on that side. So what, what did you think of the way you played before, uh, up to the 30-minute mark? Yeah, I mean, I think the game started, uh, it was a final. We wanted to make sure uh, uh, we defended well in the middle. We were, you know, that uh, we didn't give them opportunities in transition. They had the one chance uh, uh, early uh, in the game, and I think the game was uh, settled. There were moments where we, were, uh, we had the ball, we moved the ball. Uh, well, but I think that everything changed after that. And look, I mean... Uh, Congrats to, to, to Vancouver. You know, in the end, uh, they won it. It's just unfortunate that I think the game would have been a lot uh, more entertaining uh, for the fans as a final. And uh, the two cards like that to give, especially, I mean, uh, to me, it's just, uh, it's just a shame that uh, the players on the field, uh, it could have been a really exciting game for, for over 90 minutes, and uh, it was only for 30. I'm sure the fans here enjoyed it because they went away. That's great, but I'm just disappointed just... Uh, we're here talking about the refs, uh, at least from my side. Uh, you know, not taking anything away from Vancouver. Congrats to them, you know. But it's just disappointing with, uh, you know, with those fouls that came and yellow cards so easy, you know. It's just amazing. So was that as a strong and as confident a performance as you were hoping for tonight? I think it was, yes. You know, going into a cup final second leg, you know, I said to the guys, it's one game. We're one game away from making history for the club because we've never won this tournament before and I didn't know whether to put a bit of pressure on them or, or try and take the pressure off them. Uh, but I challenged them, I said, listen, they don't come around too often, games like this. We're at home in front of our 20,000 fans and it's in our court. It's time to step up, boys. And they certainly done that, each each and every single one of them. What a professional performance that was. Bled, so bloody proud of them today, really am. What's, what's going through your head right now? Do you know what, if I'm being honest, it's about my father. You know, 18 months ago when I took the job, you know, I lost a big part of my life and I said I'm going to enjoy myself and do everything to make him proud of me. 
and my, my wife and my two children are here today. Mum's back home, but I miss my dad. I really do, so I'm a little bit sad. But don't take away from how important this trophy is for the club, because it's not about me. You know, the group of players love it, you know, love it to bits in there, the mentality they've got, but it's about the club. Club's never won it, and it's for them tonight. So I'm, I'm delighted for every single one involved in the club. So a little bit there from Carl Robinson and Frank Klopas, and if you want to hear more from Carl particularly, you'll find that on the Whitecaps site. So there was 11 and a half minutes, I think, of audio after yeah. the game. He's never spoken that much before in a post-game press. I think he was happy to speak as long yeah. as he wanted. Nobody was stopping him. <laughs> and it really, really touching, like when I asked him what was going through his head and he, he talked about his father there, I, I, was, I was almost welling up myself. It was, a, it was a really moving moment just to hear that. And yeah, it was really nice. Let's get to some other individual performances. Um, who, who stood out for you in the game? Pamaduka after the match. After the match, yeah. On wheels. <laughs> I that I think is my highlight of the season. Never mind lifting the Voyagers Cup. Never mind lifting the MLS Cup. Pamaduka on a pitch on flashing wheels. Yeah, and I think he could be the first person to ever receive a medal while on wheels. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to speak to him tomorrow at training about that. That that was just fantastic. Yeah. But as for who stood out. For me, Tashira was my man of the match. Yeah, he Again, was buzzing around everywhere. Yeah, and I, I know we've said this a lot now after games. But and, and same thing with Manny. There. Same thing with Manny. Same thing. Like there were moments where he kind of drifted off, but I think he was very solid again for this game. If it wasn't actually for the form of Javinko, I I honestly think that you you could talk about Tashira in newcomer of the year. And can you imagine what he would be like if he was here for the full season too? Yeah, that that was like right now he's just he remember he just showed up in what. May or something? Or I mean, th- thinking of the potential that this guy has got for this club, yeah, it, it's like mouth-watering. And there's going to be a time when like players are going to, or teams are going to work him out a little bit like they did with Kakuta. Yeah. So it's whether he can then adjust his game. But in saying that, he is all over the pitch. Yeah, he's, he's like played the number 10 role at times tonight. He was out wide and he cuts in, he and, creates, and he scores. And he's scared to be in the box. Yeah. That's the great thing. He challenges the defenders in there. He's a small guy. But he's solid in base, and he's he's not he's not going to shy away from the physical play, and that's that's what you need in MLS. Yeah, and Kikuta Mane was was outstanding again tonight as well. Gershon Kofi. Gershon Kofi. Yeah, I, I've been critical of Gershon for his consistency levels, but he seems to I don't want to say turned a corner because that's always like a kiss of death. Yeah, but he really does seem to be in a good direction just now. He's yeah. putting it together game after game. I mean, we we talked about it at the weekend show that we thought it was going to be Tybert and Kofi that, that played. Yeah. And, yeah, he was he was great. And it's going to be hard for Tybert really to get back in the team when you've got Labatt and Kofi playing as well as they're playing. Yeah. And the defence was solid. The full-backs still give a little bit of jitters. They get pulled in a little bit. But Parker, Waston, they were outstanding. I mean, no one really stood out-out. But it was a solid team. It was solid, yeah. And even everybody had moments. Russell Tybert had moments when when the uh, I think I can't remember which player was it, uh, but one one of the Montreal attackers was coming right on the line, and he just kept going with him, and he knocked it out all over the line. He got a big hug from Waston and Elstead. It's like everybody had a, a, a moment defensively. Maddox, 
Um, that one, that one play where he yeah. was just dogging that guy down the sideline, and he got the ball back, and he just turned it back upfield. That was great, and it's like we noticed. I used to went before Darren came on. I used to went and chatted to him, and yeah. you said always oh, probably telling him that he needs to defend. Yeah, and he he did a, a stellar job. Yeah, it's too not, bad. Not so much on the other end of the pitch. Yeah, we're concerned a little bit. We're not sure. We'll find out probably in training on uh, Thursday whether how bad that shoulder is because he banged into it pretty hard, and he didn't celebrate too much with the players. Um, he was getting treated yeah, was for, the, for the shoulder, yeah. so we'll see what, what the transfer. Because you have are. to think that that he was going to start the game on Saturday against Houston, probably. But we'll, we'll come to that in a bit. Any any Montreal players stand out for you no, tonight? No, they were. I I, I I liked Simon and like. He was a little bit of a testy guy. Toya. No, was, I, he was actually did well though because yeah. he, he was calming he was calming the guys down. But yeah. he, I mean, he got his booking as well. And I like Simon, and I think he's been a really good acquisition for for Montreal, but. They just seem lacking stuff. It's yeah, just... there was nothing in the attack at all. Like no. Odoro didn't do much. Uh, Map was non-existent. See, Map I like. Map I is like a player too. I would like here. I like him too, but yeah. uh, he was but non-existent today. First leg when he came on, yeah. great. T- today from the start, just didn't have it going. But then no one, no one really did. Kronberg was great. Kronberg was big the guy. Saves. It, it, Two it big saves been, from Mane at the start of each half. It could have been four or five nothing yeah. if it wasn't for him. Another save from Mane as well. I mean, Mane could have had a hat trick. Could have, yeah. And again, it's the case of... If he can add just better finishing, and he's decision, got he's got finishing. It's, it's, it's not the finishing; it's the decision making when he finishes. Like he could have, he's he very, he he very done prematurely. One thing. Yeah, he yeah. could have done one My thing. My wife says that too. <laughs> he could have done no, one not thing. about him. It's oh no, no, what stressed up? Could, could he could have done one thing instead of another, like chip instead of like firing a blow or something? There's yeah. certain things he could do, but that, that's like really he, that comes with experience, and that, that'll come from eventually. Well, talking about the Montreal players, Steve, you headed into the Montreal well, there mixed wasn't a zone. Mixed zone. It wasn't dressing room. Um, so who are we going to hear from? We're going to hear from Eric Cronenberg, the goalkeeper, and Cal Mellis. I don't know, man. It's you know, I think we're going to look back at, at that game and. and Think that something got away from us. Uh, sometimes there's there's extra factors that, that play into that, and uh, you know it hurts. But we got to move on, and, and we got a game coming up on Saturday that uh, it's important to us. So uh, we got to just look forward. Entering this match, where you guys needed to score at least two goals without Drogba and Piatti. Not to take anything away from anyone, but do you feel that? It was sort of a losing proposition. We didn't need to score two. We needed to score one and have a shutout. That would have been enough. And, uh, you know, I thought that was definitely something we could have done. You know, I think uh, going into the game, I was confident. You know, I think the boys are confident. We were, we were buzzing before the game. And, and uh, you know, I think, you know, we all felt, felt like we had a shot. Um, get out there. You know, some calls are made. It's kind of strange with the ref like that. He, he didn't call a lot of the ticky-tacky stuff, but then he called light light yellows. So, you know, usually it's, you know, the ticky-tacky refs that call the light yellows. So it was a little, I don't know, different than I've seen. But, uh, you know, that's just the nature of the game. You're going to get different refs, and uh, you just got to adapt. You have to do a quick turnaround uh, with a game in uh, Toronto in three days. This is the kind of game that's hard to forget. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's obviously gonna, we're going to have a, a tough time sleeping tonight, for sure. I think a lot of us are. And uh, and I think we can go into Toronto, uh, you know, 
it's 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 a tough one for sure. But I think you know you gotta you gotta that's the nature of the beast. You gotta turn turn around and and turn around quick and be ready for the next game quickly. I think uh, we're gonna put it behind us quickly. We're gonna work hard these next couple days. We're gonna get some stuff sorted out. You know, um, we don't lose anybody, so that's good. But uh, um, you know, it's also a chance to kind of redeem ourselves a little bit. You know, another rivalry, with Toronto. You know, we, we get to go in there and and, and be awesome to. to to pull a W away from them because they're playing well right now. So, you know, we can get right back on track, and, and Toronto's a great opportunity for that. This, uh, losing, you know, you guys were so close in the Champions League final, making it right to the end. Does it make it especially difficult because now you don't have that chance to do that again next year? Well, yeah, right now we don't, you know, but now we got to make a run in playoffs, and that's that's what it comes down to. We can still get in this thing, you know. We just have to believe in ourselves and 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 take every game like it's, it's an opportunity to, to get there again. And so, uh, you know, obviously, this is a bit of an easier route to get there. You know, with only four games and you're in the, in the Champions League. But, uh, you know, now we're going to play consistently throughout the rest of the year, get through playoffs, and, and, and make a run. Uh, obviously, that's a tough one to swallow. Uh, before the, the second uh, yellow to victor, did you feel that you guys were playing pretty much uh, nose-to-nose -nose with this guy, neck-and-neck -neck with these guys? Uh, yeah, I thought we, we came out pretty well. You know, obviously we knew they were at home. They were going to come out fast. Uh, you know, we knew they were pretty comfortable with a 2-2 draw in Montreal. Uh, but I thought we matched them pretty well. And, you know, our game plan was, you know, to catch them at times and play well defensively, but also push the game. And I think that's what we did. And, you know, that second yellow came and it changed the game. What's your opinion on, uh, on Victor's cards? I mean, I don't know. I got to look back at it. You know, at the time, I thought it was a little, a little harsh. Uh, the second one, I thought it was definitely a yellow card and maybe deserved it. The first one, you know, I, I couldn't even see it. I'm not even sure if he saw it. But uh, you know, it's one of those things. It, it is what it is, and you know, you kind of deal, have to deal with it and move forward. Two finals this season. Two losses in a, in a final this season. Is this becoming uh, hard to swallow? Yeah, of course. You know, it's never, never easy losing any game. But uh, a final is just that much more, and you know, especially with the Canadian Cup, with few teams been in it, it's a, you know, you feel like it's a, every game's a rivalry game, and you know, this one being a cup final, it was definitely difficult to swallow. Speaking of rivals, you, you guys have to have a quick turnaround and head over to Toronto. Um, is it going to be hard to forget this game and just get ready for that one, or are you going to go? Uh, it'll definitely be difficult to get uh, put this one behind us, uh, but that's what we have to do. You know, with uh, the end of our season coming, we have a lot of games in a short span, so regardless of the results, we have to put it behind us as soon as possible and get ready for the next one. It's going to be a tough game in Toronto. So, uh, surprisingly, not that miserable Montreal players there. They're, they're, they're and, looking ahead to the league play. And then somebody obviously has to tell Eric Cronenberg that uh, Canadian teams cannot qualify for Champions Leagues by winning the MLS Cup. I think... Yeah. He, I think he... Which is shocking, but... Yes. Yeah. But um, he can't. Yeah. And I, I actually, when we had our meeting, the media thing with the executives in July, I asked if there was any push to try and change that. Yeah. And it doesn't look like there, there will be. Because yeah. they, they don't want it. But, Yeah. So we're just going to roll on with some more audio now. Uh, we've done enough chatting. So you were super busy down downstairs after the game, well, Steve. Yes, I had a chance to uh, talk to Bobby Lenarduzzi. El Presidente. Who's been through a lot of these losses. And so have I. Yeah. 2008, I started watching the White Caps. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he talk, I had a chance to talk to him and ask him what it meant for the club and uh, what it means for And we also had a chance to talk about the, the, the new players being signed today. Excellent. 
So Bobby, um, obviously a big win for the club today. What does this mean for the you know the overall picture and the mentality and everything like that? I Finally just, getting this trophy. Yeah. I just think it's it's this has been like a monkey on our back for so long now, and we found different ways to lose it over the years. And, and even tonight, when they get a man sent off, I'm thinking, you know, that's good, but at the same time. Uh, now they're down to ten men, and and we've got to maximize. <laughs> we've got to maximize that that opportunity. And I think what was well, I thought last weekend against Dallas, after the disappointment of giving up the two goals in um, late in in or the, the conceding the goals late in Kansas City, that that was a great response. And tonight was just a further uh, uh, good response or great response because we managed the game. Um, I mean, they came out and, and seemed seemed intent on disrupting our play and, and took a lot of fouls. And, yeah, the, the guy that uh, got sent off, I'm not sure what he had to complain about. I mean, it was just constant fouling. So, But we were able to rise above all of that and, 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 and get the job done. And so, to me, this is tonight was actually a monkey off the back, but also a, a great learning experience for I'm going to make the playoffs but for when we do make the playoffs it'll there'll be similar situations you're playing you're playing 90 minutes you got to be disciplined and so I think our, our young guys have actually matured very nicely over the last uh, year and year and three quarters um, obviously everybody remembers 2009 mm-hmm. um, you were you were up you were there obviously because mm-hmm. you were in line to possibly win the yep. trophy, you know and everything went yeah. wrong for yeah. you guys how does it feel to do it against a team that everybody kind of blames for that <laughs> situation and you know obviously you would want to win it against anybody yeah. but if you win it against them you know, I, I'm not. I'm, uh, that's not something that I really spend too much time worrying about. Uh, to be fair to Joey Saputo, uh, the, the first um, email that I got after the game, actually, I got a call from him immediately the game finishing, apologizing for for what had gone on that day, and uh, so that was enough for me. Uh, winning it against Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, Ottawa is irrelevant. We've won it. Um, and like I said earlier, we've we've always found a way, or not always, but you know, on uh, at least two, three occasions, we've found ways to 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 not get our, our hands on the trophy. And and the best part was actually to do it at home and in front of our fans. And I thought our fans were fantastic at the end of the game because a lot of them stayed in their seats until the presentation was made. And uh, I just think it's another example that we really are growing the fan base. And there's a um, there's a real sense of, of um, excitement and anticipation about you know, what our, our young club can do. And obviously, last question, um, a lot of people are saying only one Canadian started in mm-hmm. this match, but earlier news today, three Canadians signed uh, to the WFC2, yeah. which is the next building block. Yeah. How important is that and for them to see this and just yeah. throughout the whole organization from top to bottom? Yeah, yeah. what I would encourage the, the people that are, are concerned about in terms of the, the number of Canadians playing tonight is... I know firsthand that it development takes time. You don't just snap your fingers and all of a sudden produce five, six players that can play in this game tonight. You'd be throwing them into a situation that would be very difficult for them. So we, we, we've demonstrated, Carl's demonstrated, that he will play uh, young players if they're, they're good enough, they're old enough. And I think we're going to see over, over time, we're going to see 
the fruits of our labor in terms of the, the investment that we've made in, in youth development. And I would like nothing better than that. I was the coach of the national team way back. And at that time, I, I believe that until we actually had opportunities for our players to test themselves in difficult situations, that we would always be behind the eight ball. And now we've got three professional clubs in MLS. We've got the two in NASL. Uh, we've got the USL clubs. And I just think it's a matter of time before we see see players that are going to benefit from the kinds of opportunities that are available right now. But, again, I would just caution people to not expect that that's going to happen tomorrow. Our commitment is to play young players. If they're good enough, we're going to play them. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. Thanks All right. Take care. So Bobby Leonard Doozy, they're talking in sheer joy about the Whitecaps' first Voyagers Cup win. And somebody else, like I, we've talked about Bobby being through it all, we've talked about me being through it all, so many of our listeners will have been through all this heartache. And another person, head honcho of Curva Collective, Zachary Meisenheimer. Give Gershon a big hug after it. He went over with the trophy. It's meant so much to the fans. It's been with the club for a long time. Zach being one of them. And Steve, you caught up with Zach after the game. Yeah, I was able to catch up with him, ask him a couple questions and, and his thoughts on the first Voyagers Cup trophy and what it means for all the supporters and, you know, how sweet it was to win against the Impact. So we're joined here by Zachary Meisenheimer, long-time Southsider, long-time uh, long Curva Collective. It's been a, you know, it's over two supporters group. You've been waiting for this to happen. Uh, finally, the Voyagers Cup. Initial thoughts, feelings when that final whistle blew. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> and uh, I want to go home and sleep. It's been, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's been such a long, a long time of waiting and so many close calls. And no one wants to talk about that stuff. Um, but it's, I, I think I'm happy about, I think one of the things I'm really happy about how we did it is that we did it in a definitive way. And, uh, you know, some people like to talk about who really cares about the tournament, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I think we showed that we cared, and I think we uh, we are decisive champions. Uh, finally, we are the champions of Canada and uh, the Voyagers Cup holders. And uh, I'm elated, and uh, I'm so proud of our players. I'm so proud of uh, Robbo. I think I smacked to eat. I think, Steve, you're a... Uh, you know how special uh, Robbo is, and uh, I think a number of our, our supporters do, and I hope more get to know how special he is as a uh, as a coach and as a person. And um, really, just yeah, really appreciative for his work and the players just players working for it. It could have been it could have been all over again after two weeks ago, and uh, I, I, I thankful for for you know everyone contributed in different ways. You think of like Paulo Tornagi, like who we all thought was going to play today, and. You know, part of me sad for him that he didn't, but just really, but really, really, um, he made such a massive contribution, you know, and uh, so just the whole, the whole squad, it's like we did this together as a team, as a club, and uh, as a supporter, I'm elated 
even though it doesn't look like that on my face right now, I'm, I'm elated. This is tired as right now. I'm so tired, yeah. Um, so, obviously- many, so many flags on poles and so, yeah. many paint, so much painting and blah, blah, blah. 2009 obviously happened, and we all want to forget that, even though the saying is we're not going to forget it. But they, to do it against Montreal, does that make, any, make it any sweeter, or is it at this point we just want to win against anybody? Well, I would have made it sweeter, you know, if like Adam Braz was on the pitch, maybe. Well, you know, he was he was stomping around well, in the back. Was, I, I, right. could, I can assure you that. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, and I and I say that in a joking and yet respectful way for Adam Braz, but um, no, uh, yeah, being I mean, the competition is small. There's five teams, so it's, it's you know, it's most likely you're going to be against one or two, two, two of the one or the other MLS teams. But um, no disrespect to Ottawa or Edmonton, who both put in good performances uh, in, in this tournament. Um, uh, yeah, it is nice to beat Montreal, to be honest. I have a lot of respect for uh, the ultras there and, and some of the people there involved in, uh, in, in the supporter community. And, uh, yeah, and obviously they had nothing to do with that, did they? But it was like... No, they're not, they're not, they're not here, but, it, but they, I think, played a role in the... I think they played a role in the first leg, definitely, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and I think they would say. Um, but, no, so it's nice to beat Montreal. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just nice to finally win it. And, and for me, it's about, um, I, I think if you talk to the te- our technical staff, they talk about, it's about building things here. And this just helps, helps with that. Um, you can talk about allocation money and future and Champions League and all that stuff. Today, all I cared about was us winning the, winning the cup, lifting the cup finally. And so that's pretty awesome. So our good friend, AFTN contributor, Zachary Meisenheimer there. And it was sweet. It was sweet to get it. But now that's, that's in the history books. The, the cup is in our trophy cabinet. They've dusted it down. They've put it beside the 1979 soccer ball trophy. The multitude of Canadian soccer championships that the club's won. Cascadia Cup. Cascadia Cup, USA, USL. Just, oh, it's like bulging in there. Yeah. It, it's something which Toronto fans can just imagine and be envious of. Well, they got the Voyager's Cup. They've got a few of them. Yeah. And the Trillium Trophy. We haven't either. It's time to look ahead. Yeah. That was the, the first of what I feel is going to be the Whitecaps quintuple. <laughs> You're jinxing it again. No, no, no such thing. <laughs> so we've got the Voices Cup in the bag. Cascadia Cup's going to get wrapped up next month when Seattle come to town. That'll be two trophies. Still very much in the Supporter Shield conversation. MLS Cup. I, I think it's down to about four to six teams for both those things just yeah. now. Maybe even just four for the Supporter Shield. And we're very much in that conversation. Then we've got Champions League as well. Fantastic result for the Whitecaps tonight. Olympia beat Seattle in Honduras 1-0, giving them three points after two games. Seattle now have four points after three games. And we have and The one. Whitecaps have won after one. The Whitecaps win out. They're through to the quarterfinals. Two wins and a draw. They'll be through to the quarterfinals. Two wins might even be enough to see them through to the quarterfinals. Depending on who they beat, yeah. So very, very, as long as they beat Seattle. That's the key, they have to beat Seattle. So it's been a great night all round, but we've got to turn our attention now to our meat and potatoes, our bread and butter, MLS action, back on Saturday, last game for a little while. They're travelling to the heat of Houston. Will they play a lot of these guys? Carl did say there's going to be changes. What do you think the team's going to be on Saturday? 
considering that they're going to be off for about 10 days after that. Yeah, I, th- I think there will be a little bit. I think, obviously, Laba gets back in. But, well, first of all, will Ousted play again, or will Ternagi get his first start? I think Ousted plays again. I yeah, don't think Ousted wants to well. let his spot. I know he's not going to say it, but I think he doesn't want to let it go of his spot. Yeah. Um, let's go to the back line. I think Jordan Smith might get a debut. I think Beatty mm. Shorty, uh, you might not want to play him. I think Harvey can play three straight games if he needs to. I think he can, but I don't think he will. No, okay. You think Adekube comes in or Dean comes in for him? I think Parker might play right back, okay. and you're going to have Waston and Ka in the middle. And then Jordan Smith on the left? No, on the left, Sam or Christian Dean. I think Jordan Smith might get a debut, though. Well, we'll uh, see. I, I just don't think it's going to come. It was on the bench Houston. today. Yeah. Um, and then, so the holding guys... Um, it, it's going to be Laba. Laba for sure. And I'm going to go with Kofi. It's going to be Lab and Kofi again. I'm just concerned that they might not want to do three games in a row for Kofi, and it might Tiber be, might. Uh, but they can bring him off after an hour and then put yeah. Tiber on for the last Maybe half, so. or or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, either one of them, I'm happy with. Yeah. Okay. Then you're going atta- to get Rosales starting for sure. The attacking three behind the but striker. It's where Rosales is going to play. Yes, that's the question. Because Mosquita. Nico Mosquito's got a hamstring injury, which our photographer Tom actually picked up. He's got some photos. If you saw his photos after the game on Saturday. He's missing tonight. Carl says it's pretty much touch and go. I think it's going to be touch. Touchy, touchy. Yeah, feely, feely. I don't think he's going to make it. I think we're going to see Myro starting in the number 10 role. Yeah. Pedro on the bench coming on. Um, I think he the might. Wings. I think he might still go with Manny on the left. And maybe Froze on the right? Froze possibly on the right or like just ride Christian a little bit more. Yeah, it's all, like I said, like we said, he's got 10 days. Yeah. Up top striker, we Matix expect... Would, Matix would be starting if he's good to go. If the shoulder is, yeah. is fully healed. And I think that's why Maddox maybe wanted to get treatment right away because he doesn't want to miss his chance to play in Houston. And I think that's why he, he, go, went, he basically went off the field, got some ice, came back, got his medal, and then went back again because he wants to get that bruise out, whatever. Yeah. Because it was a hard hit. Yeah. It was a solid hit. And then he hit the ground pretty hard too. So I mean, I think, it, it, but I think if Maddox is good to go, I think he will start. I agree with you there. So a quick prediction from you. Mixed times when they go down to Texas. But yeah. they, they seem to do better in Houston than they do in Dallas. Yeah. And Maddox, as we said in the last podcast, sometimes plays a little bit inspired down there. What's your thoughts? I think they're going to ride this win over uh, to that game. I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they will come up with a point. And I think it'll probably be a 2-2 a, a draw. I fancy a draw as well. I actually fancy 1-1. And I'll take that. Yeah. And then you're you're looking at a, an eight game month. Yeah. And the White Cats have only lost one game in that. It's a game they should have won. Yeah. But lots of points in the bag. Still at the top of the Supporters Shield standings. Voyagers Cup. It's been a pretty successful August. I think their two two their two biggest games, the two toughest games, I think are going to be this game in Houston, only because it's in Texas in the Heat, and and the and the away game in, in Dallas. Other than that, I think they have a pretty easy road. I haven't checked yeah. the schedule completely, but a I, lot I, of Colorado. I like, I like our running. I think, and like the good thing was getting the LA games out of the way before LA added all this talent. Yeah, and legally or illegally, yeah. whatever you want to say. I mean, under the books. Again, this is something I tweeted out partly as a joke, but it's it's serious as, as well. If the Whitecaps win out in the remaining games, they've won the support shield. Yeah. So because they got a couple games in hand. Yeah. Too. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But I want to get a, a kind of feel from Robbo and some of the players just about what they thought about how August has been with this one game to go. So let's just hear a little bit from them now. Heading so, into this month, obviously it was a daunting prospect, eight games. One game to go, how do you see how the month's played out and how do you feel it set the team up for what's going to be the season running now? 
yeah, we've done okay in the month. You know, it's it's only as daunting as as you you make it based upon results, and we we try to take it one game at a time, and we've certainly done that. Uh, there've been good things, there've been things that we need to improve on and work on, and you know, there's been things that we need to get a lot better at. So, you know, each individual game we've analysed, and we've tried to uh, make us better from that game moving forward, and I think we've done that. So. We're in a position now, which is a very difficult game on the weekend, which is a big game for us. We know that. You know, it's we're going to have to batten down the hatches and uh, see who's fit in there after you know the the emotions of, of Wednesday night. But we'll be okay. I know you always like to focus on what you do as a team, as opposed to what the opposition's going to yeah. do. But having the points on the board, how important is that now? I think it's very important. You know, it, games in hand are always good, um, but only if you win them games and. You know, each season there tends to be one or two teams in the East and West that always have a couple of games in hand. I think New York have got a couple of games in hand on DC, and you know, you look at their schedule. They play DC on the weekend, so there's going to be a six-point swing there. There's a four or five-point difference in gap with three games in hand, so it quickly changes. This league is the parity in it is unbelievable, and it quickly changes based upon one or two weekends' results. So, um, as I said, points on the board are the most important at the moment. Heading into August, obviously you knew it was going to be a really hectic, busy month. One game to go, how, how do you feel the month has gone for the, the team and how do you feel it's set the team up for the, the rest of the year? Um, I actually think that this has been a really good month for us. Uh, it was a tough one, we knew going into it. Uh, definitely disappointed uh, with what happened in uh, in both uh, Montreal and, and and, and in Kansas City, but we, we got out on top. We've got the Voyager Cup now, and, and we're in a position where we can push on uh, into September and, and hopefully um, keep uh, on top of the standings. And the team's got the points on the bo- on the board, so the other teams with games in hand, they're doing the chasing. Do you, do you feel the pressure's really all on them now to catch you guys? Yeah, you can say the pressure's on them. I'm trying to focus on what we need to do, and we still need to... Um, to, to get points, we still need to, to keep ourselves up there. Um, so they can do all the chasing there. Well, uh, hopefully it will be um, in vain. We need to, to finish what we we started here now. And going into the month, it was like it was a busy month. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was the mindset in the group, knowing you had eight games coming up? There's one left, but like going into that month, what, what was it feeling like in the locker room? And seven games in, how do you see the month having gone? I think this month's gone really well. You know, and I think coming into this month, we all knew that. There was going to be a lot of chances for a lot of guys to get games, and I was fortunate enough to get some games this month. And obviously, we knew that this was a really important month heading into September and October. So we wanted to get as many points as we can, get as many wins as we can, and kind of keep this kind of groove that we have going on. This is the last game of August, and it's been a relatively successful month. How important is it to end on a high right before you guys have a, a little bit of a break? I think it's I think it's really important. You know, I mean, we just we did win the Canadian Championship, and that's great for the club and all, but. I mean, obviously, there's another goal. There's more goals to come. So, I mean, I think for us, obviously, winning on Saturday or getting points on the road on Saturday is going to be vital. So that was just some stuff from training on Thursday. Yes, we've gone into the future. <laughs> Recording on Wednesday, audio from Thursday. But that was just Rob on some of the players, just reflecting on what has been a, a pretty stupendous August. So just before we go... Just want to give a big shout out to three guys that we've watched for the last couple of seasons. We've talked about them on the podcast. We've written about them on AFTN and our recency stuff. Caden Chung, Tern Campbell, Thomas Gardner, three BC boys, three under 18 prospects now. They were under 16, signing their first pro contracts today, Wednesday, with the USL team. 
fantastic for, for the guys, fantastic for the club. Just wanted to, to give a, a big shout-out and a big congratulations to them. Yeah, and for, if you haven't uh, paid too much attention to them in the past, give you a little bit of background. Uh, Caden Chung is an attacking fullback. Uh, he can right play back. The, right back. He can play left back yeah. as well. He has played, but I think he's concentrating on right back. Um, and in, in, he's basically great defensively. He's great going forward. He can dribble up and down. Just got to work on crosses. Thomas Gardner... Really good touch in the midfield. He's an attacking midfield player, usually in the central part. Um, his biggest thing is he was injured most of last year, but when he came back, he was really he didn't really lose any part of his game, and he's just working his way back. Taron Campbell, he's essentially, uh, oh, to use an American football term, he's a linebacker on the field. Um, he's got a big he's lad. Big he's lad. Built he's like solid. A, a belt. He's a shorter, house. I would almost say a shorter version of Kendall Waston, he looks like. Um, uh, and he's got great touch around the on, around the box. He can play wide, and he can play as a striker. So th- those a little bit of background for those three players, but really solid signings. And I think they they'll probably play mostly U18 next year, um, and then have some looks at the WFC two if they need him at any point. I mean, Kieran Chung was a Whitecaps MLS first team training just a, a couple of weeks ago. And Carol had a, a big in-depth chat with him afterwards, and then I spoke to Carol after it, and he was just he was just talking about it, and he's he's very high on Chung in particular and Campbell. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Gardner, so I don't know his thoughts on that, but he he's hoping to possibly. I mean, Tern Campbell was a sub uh, with the WFCT team earlier, and Robot does hope to get Caden involved in some of the USL games before the season ends. And the White Cats are basically out of the playoff picture, so this is a, t- a chance to give these guys minutes. Yep. And if you want to know more about these guys, if you want to know more about the residency talent coming through, always check out AFTN.ca. Click our residency button at the top. You'll read myself and Steve's stuff on these players. Just get to know them, because this is the future of the club. Yeah, and you could go back all the way back a couple of years ago, because we've been writing about them and the ones to watch uh, for a couple of years, and you get a kind of a background and see how they developed over the years and yeah. where they are now. and basically we are the only... Or the site that, that covers the, the residency. So if you want to know about the residency, AFTN's a place for you. But that is it for this episode. Just before we go, Steve, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and at AFTN. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Find all my stuff on AFTN.ca. Most of the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. And I'm pretty sure you'll find me the next couple of days online just trolling Montreal and Toronto fans. Uh, that is always a thing to look forward to. Actually, it's something I, I do pretty much every day on Twitter. Yeah. So that's it for our championship-winning edition of the podcast. The first of many, I think, this year. Or, I, or at I least look, two. I look forward to it. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And more the, the Voyagers winning caps. Or whatever Steve said. Bye. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah.